Good morning. It is Chad and Larry. Hello. Good morning, everyone. We have somebody already on the phone, I understand, Chad. That's right. And welcome to the Palmetto Real Estate Pros. It is Friday, October 29th, around 9.05, 9.06, excuse me. And so it is time to discuss real estate, and that's what we're here about to do. And so... Um, do we have a pro coming in with us? We, we have a special guest today. Um, and we will begin in just a minute, but we would just want to say hello and, and remind you that you guys, if you're out there listening, can go to palmettorealestatepros.com. We've added a few more things on our website. There is a um, some information. If you want more information about the show, I should say, we have a link where you can, you know, if you want more information about a guest that's speaking, if you want more information about our seminars, if you want more information about just general questions about real estate, fill out that form online. It pops up, I believe, when you come on palmettorealestatepros.com. And, then, and as well, we have our Evite uh, on the site for our upcoming uh, webinar. Not webinar. Everybody does webinars. Workshop. It is an actual in-person seminar for wholesaling. And we're going to put them to work. That's right. We'll, we'll show you, give you the tools you need to be successful as a wholesaler. So on the phone, without further ado, let me kind of um, prime the pump here. We have Quentin D'Souza. Um, Quentin, if I say this wrong, you can, uh, you can fix it later, uh, the name. But basically what we have is an expert here that's uh, straight from Canada. And so uh, just a few miles away. Uh, Quentin, are you, on the li- are you on the line? Yes, sir. Great. It's good to have you this morning. We, we appreciate you joining us. And before we start, Quentin... I just want to tell folks that, um, you know, the information that you can provide is pretty, pretty amazing. I mean, tell us, tell, tell the folks a little bit about who you are and uh, kind of your experience in education and in real estate. Sure. Yeah, I started in uh, 2004, um, bought my first property. Um, I was a school teacher at the time. I taught uh, elementary school, so K-8 school. I, um, I, uh, as a teacher, I grew in, in that profession. I, uh, have a master's in ed. I was going to get, uh, well, I have my principal qualification too, but, um, I had also been building a real estate portfolio on the side at that time. And then in 2013, I had uh, enough income to leave, but I, I didn't do it yet. I kind of pocketed my paycheck and used the income from our portfolio to, to live for a year. And I left my job because I had two small kids as well. Now they're much bigger. Now they're 17 and 14. But, uh, um, you know, 2014, I left my job, decided to focus on real estate full time. Uh, you know, for the first year, I, I flipped houses. I flipped a dozen houses. And then uh, I figured I was I had a job again when I was flipping houses. So I, I switched and I focused on uh, apartment buildings. And in 2015, bought my first uh, six-unit apartment building, and um, I've been growing ever since. Now we have uh, uh, about 80 million in assets under management. I have uh, 375 units somewhere around there. I've got a 94-unit building under contract right now, and uh, feel like I'm just getting started. So uh, having fun doing real estate. Um, helping a lot of people along the way and um, written some books, uh, written five books, um, you know, still teaching in, in that sense. 
but um, really enjoy every day and, you know, always working on, uh, on growing our, our real estate business. Oh, that's amazing. And we are always learning in real estate for sure. And I know folks think you arrive, but you don't really ever arrive. You just keep going and learning as we go. And so that's exciting to hear that you can be a school teacher, transition to single family, residential real estate, flipping houses, and, and make enough living doing that to quit your job. But there's also more. I mean, you decided, hey, you know what? I would like, you know, some uh, income stream coming in. So you moved into apartments. That's exciting. And so mm-hmm. – um, you also are a part of the, the local RIA, which is that's the Real Estate Investment Association for those those listening that don't haven't been a part of those um, in, in Canada. Is that right? Are you a member of the yeah. board there? Yeah. Or you just speak um, at those events? No, I, I founded it. So I was the founding member back in 2009. There wasn't anything in my area. Wow. So uh, the durhamrei.ca is the website and we you know, I, I started back, there was like four people and we used to meet at a coffee shop. And uh, now we have 120 to 150 people come out to um, every meeting. Well, so that's amazing. Um, that's good stuff. So yeah. kind of one of the things we wanted to talk about today is, is finding success in real estate. And so whether someone is just looking to start or they've been in the business and kind of maybe they kind of feel like, like you did when you had done your 12 houses, like this is just another job. Um, you know, yeah. there's got to be a better way. So that transition or, or the mindset even, because one of the things that we've realized is there's a lot of folks who are interested in doing things. Yeah. And so education, and you're an educator. That's your background. Education yeah. is key, but mm-hmm. education doesn't, you know, do anything if you don't, if you don't do anything, <laughs> you know, so it's like the action, I guess this, this, uh, this tug or this tension between risk and um reward <laughs> fear safety all these things um have you run yep. up against that in the folks that you you talk to you know when you're in the rio or in, in your daily um things that you do in in real estate uh, absolutely actually i wrote a book on it it was it's called the action takers real estate investing planner and the whole idea of that is to get people out of their thoughts and education and into actually action. So I've, uh, what I've been doing uh, for, I would say since I left my job in 2014 is I've been writing a quarterly plan. So I uh, like on right to the right side of my desk is my quarterly plan. I can see what I'm working on this quarter. So I only plan 90 days ahead. I don't plan any further than that. And um, I have three focuses each quarter. So uh, I can, and then I have a focus on finding properties, funding properties, and financing properties. I have a, a quarterly challenge. So every quarter I, I, I work on something that takes me out of my comfort zone that I, I don't feel really confident about, but I do it anyway. You know what this um, reminds me of is, is you know, people want to be their own boss that they long for this, like, I hate being told what to do. So my, my daughter's an educator. She just, she's the first time she just got a job as a teacher and she's doing lesson plans all the time. And she's like, I had no idea how much effort and, uh, you know, time it takes. And so she loves it. But at the same time, it's a lot of, um, you know, a lot of work, which is not to be 
unexpected, I guess. It's just you have a lot of people looking over you, especially your first time. So the good news is if you're self-employed, you're your own boss. The bad news yeah. is if you're self-employed, you're your own boss. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're right. That's right. So, you know, and that's what ended up happening when I, when I left. I was like, I was working like twice as hard because I was, I was like, you know, trying to do everything at the same time in, in 2014, flipping houses, managing the real estate portfolio, looking at like other opportunities that are out there. And, um, you know, I did a little bit of wholesaling too when I was flipping and, you know, all of that stuff. Well, so, Quentin, uh, um, hold yeah. that thought because we got a break coming up. And on the other side of the break, we're going to discuss this some more. Hang on, folks. We'll be back shortly. Palmetto Real Estate Pros.com. Back is the Palmetto Real Estate Pros with Chad. Larry, are you here? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, I'm, I'm, good. I'm interested in our conversation that's good. That's coming up, but I understand Erica's standing by to tell us the latest in the uh, financial area of somebody getting a loan. In All right, Erica, property. are you with us? Uh oh. Hello, Erica. Did we lose Erica? Well, oh, there she is there. okay, Erica, now are you with us? I'm here. All right. <laughs> Technical difficulties, but we found you somewhere out there. I'm here. All right. I'm glad you found me. Yeah. So how are things going in the market? Is are, are rates stable or, uh, you know, we're hearing a lot of things in the news that there's a lot of, uh, you know, uncertainty. So what can you tell us or tell the folks listening about rates and, and uh, financing right now? I, I mean, rates look pretty good. I mean, they were they were kind of inching up a little bit and I was like, I don't know. I do not have a panic. Like when I say they're inching up and I was like, oh my gosh, we're at three and a half. Y'all, that's amazing. It's low. Okay. It's great. Everybody calm down. Um, and I, I had to have a conversation with somebody yesterday that was like, hey, this dot-com lender, they're quoting me 2.99. I said, hey, can you shoot me their worksheet they sent you? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I said, I just want to make sure we're comparing apples to apples because when I quote an interest rate, I quote a par rate, which means I'm not charging you anything to get that rate, right? And so I, I called them back and I said, um, I know 299 is real attractive and it sounds a whole lot better than 3.125, but they're charging you 1% discount, which was about $2,400. The difference between a 3.125 and a 2.99 in their case was $15.34. And it would take them 11.4 years to recoup the cost of those discount points before they actually would start saving money. All right. So, folks, if you're listening, make sure you contact Erica. Get all the information because, you know, the online lenders are great. I mean, some of them are, you know, serve a great purpose. And, and the the thing is with numbers, you can make numbers kind of do what you, you want them to do. Right. I mean, you can make it look That's low, right. but there's more charges on the back or or to get the loan. I mean, so there's all these things you need an expert in your corner, and uh, that's what you do, Erica. So we, we appreciate you giving us this information, and uh, folks need to make sure they're working with someone they can trust. And, and in our opinion, you should use a local person who can help you and answer those questions that you could actually go see if you needed to. Face-to-face. If you needed to. And, um, uh, you know, Erica, you've helped so many of our clients that we've worked with together, even going to their houses in some cases, helping them with their yeah. 
finding I papers. Have. It's amazing. Um, and I don't know that Quicken would show up at your house to help you. I'm just not sure. No. And, no, and, there, and you know I what? I enjoy doing there. that. Hey. I, <laughs> it's true. It's true. I will do a lot. I sat with um, I sat with a gentleman yesterday, and, and he said, you know, I've talked to a lot of people, but I couldn't go in to see any of them, and I just wasn't understanding what they were telling me. And he said, I know that these are silly questions, and I have done mortgages before. And I said, sir, they're not silly questions. I don't expect a consumer to become an expert in something that they do three or four times their entire life. I said, it changes. It looks different. I said, you're not supposed to understand it. You're not supposed to know. That's my job. I'm That's supposed right. to tell you what's and, going on. And what the That's government and the state agencies do is they, what, they'll usually add more papers. And, you know, if something happens, they add more papers, more disclosures, which means we obviously understand if we see more papers. Um, people usually well, just don't even read it or don't kind of follow it. And so it's good if you have someone that can actually explain the, the process instead of just, you know, saying, here, sign this or DocuSign everything, um, you know, which is great. But, you know, it'd be better if you actually understood what you're signing. It, it would help. It would help. It right. would be helpful. And I tell them, you know, especially, you know, we changed the, 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 they, we now have an LE. We used to have a good faith estimate. We don't have that anymore. It's called a, a loan estimate, and we have a closing disclosure. And honestly, I don't think they're any easier to understand than the previous GFE. And, and you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's not more concise, and it's, it, they, there's three different ways. They, they calculate the, the numbers three different ways on that document. I said, I don't know how consumers understand this. That's right. It's so, so, it's so backwards. We are so thankful for Erica being part of our team. And if you need Erica, go to palmettorealestatepros.com. Erica, we appreciate you calling in today. And we have a guest. I hope you're listening. Um, I am. An author, a guest. And so um, hang in there, listen in. And if you guys need Erica, have questions, call her or contact us or, or contact her through our website, Palmetto Real Estate Pros. You can get a link right there on our website so thank you erica thank you have a great week all right you got you too all right it, quentin we need to come back to our yes, expert sir. all right, all right so him back up. that's right so thank yeah. you for hanging on through that and so erica brings up no a good problem. point though because in in real estate i think a lot of mm-hmm. folks when you look at it if you read the book if you read a book you know or saw something on late night tv you know how to make millions in real estate which you can do but it takes a team of people around you to help you. You know, what you were describing before we went on break was how you were doing everything yourself when you first got into real estate. Um, you were probably the property manager, the, uh, you know, even doing some repairs. D- does that sound familiar? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Back in 2014, I was, I was, uh, I'm, uh, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do the handyman. I'm going to do the, uh, uh, property management. I'm going to do the uh, uh, asset management. I'm going to, you know, get everything else done. Right. So I, I changed that mindset quite a bit. Yeah. Right. And so what you find out is that, and I'm using air quotes here, right? You're going to save money by doing it yourself. Yeah. What we find very quickly as a self-employed person, and this is a challenge actually for entrepreneurs, really, because like I know for me, sometimes we think I could just do that myself. Um, you know, I don't want to pay somebody to do that. Well, it's actually better to pay someone to do something that's not focused where, when you're not focused on what actually brings you, 
uh, what your what your skill set is, finding properties, mm-hmm. doing deals. Yep. That's what we need to be focused on, not necessarily the bookkeeping, the accounting, and all those things because, you know, we're getting sidetracked and, and we're not going to be less successful. Yep. So. Yeah, we definitely waste a, a lot of our time on, uh, like, I call them low-dollar tasks, right? So, like, $10 an hour tasks, $100 an hour tasks, those are low-dollar tasks, whereas uh, finding a new asset, like an apartment building that I can uh, bring partners on and close together and then add like uh you know hundreds of thousands or even millions to the bottom line of everybody together is a much better use of my time than doing the you know painting a wall or fixing a drain right like it's it's one of those things that you you learn over time that in order to do this well you need to have that team around you but you also need to create a business right and a business is not a solopreneur business. A business is, you know, you have contractors, you have employees, you have team members, you're surrounded with uh, so many people. I mean, I'm not special. I was, I was just a teacher, right? Like the, anybody can do this. But the thing is that you got to put yourself out there and do it. You got to be the, the, the one who says, okay, I'm, I'm not going to do this task anymore. I'm going to find somebody else who can do it for me. They may not do it as well as I can do it, but they're going to get it done and I'm going to be happy with that or I'm going to find somebody else to do it. So do you think, was there like an aha moment for you? And what was that? If, if there was one, or was it a slow process where you said, this is uh, not working that transitioned your mind from, I'm going to be a house flipper hobbyist in essence to someone who actually does, has a career in real estate and decides to be really successful at it, treat it like a business. Was there a moment that you can remember that that happened or was it over time? No, I think it was like I was cleaning the floor before a flip project was about to go on the market. And I was like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I was like, I'm mopping the floor here. And uh, just so that I can give, have this thing ready in time, because I couldn't get the right person out at the right time to, to, to do it. And I'm cleaning up. I'm like, this doesn't even make sense anymore. Right. And um, I'm missing uh, taking my kids to school and like doing different things because I'm, I'm doing the business. And I'm like, this, this is uh this is not a business. This so you is traded one job, job for another job at that. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. At that moment, you kind of realize that. So one of the things, uh, your podcast is Keystone or, or is it a book? I, I, What's that? Keystone to oh. well, habits of the wealthy. Oh no. Uh, the, uh, podcast is get Okay. So yeah. these are some of the keys in that. I would assume that are some, how to get yeah. out of the rat race into thinking like a business owner. Yeah, that's right. And and it, it and even uh you know being getting past being self-employed and getting into the uh, business owner mindset is is huge. Yeah. Absolutely. So, we know that we talked about this education is is uh people think well it, it costs too much. You know, education does never cost too much if you put it into action. Uh-huh. And what we've learned over the years is that you know, when people are worried about risk, the more education you get, the less risky things become. And That's so right. It kind of helps. Yeah, you understand it. Right. Yeah. It doesn't mean you still have no fear. So when you're taking down your first apartment, was there any fear involved there? 
Oh yeah, there was tons of fear. So I, I actually bought it from an assignment from a like a property manager who uh, knew knew the owner and wanted to sell it. I, I actually bought it for like like as an assignment for twenty thousand dollars, and it was the highest assignment fee that I paid at the time. I was like, wow, that's that's pretty expensive, but. Um, what ended up happening was that one apartment building I've refinanced three times. The first time uh, was about a year and a half later after I repositioned it. I was able to turn over uh, four of the six units and I was able, and so my rents had increased something in the order of, of about a thousand two hundred dollars or no sorry two thousand two hundred dollars a month and based on the cap rate I was able to pull out all the funds that I had put into that project including that that fee and continued to own the asset and cash flow on it and then I've, I've went on to refinance that property again um, awesome. just about a, a so, year ago and I was able to pull out hundreds of thousands of dollars on it what not we, just the cash flow of like 200 or 100 dollars a month right? exactly like, so like, this is th yeah. this is you're getting into the commercial side and we'll talk about this some more on the other side of the break we got one coming up but folks if you're listening make sure you go to palmettorealestatepros.com we'll have this podcast on after uh, this uh, episode and we'll give you some more information on how to get some more information from Quentin when we come back. Hang on. We'll see you on in just a few minutes. All right. We are back. It's the Palmetto Real Estate Pros with Chad and Larry. Larry, are you here? I'm here. And we All got right. Quentin standing by. All right. So we are talking about real estate, how to be successful in real estate, talking to an author, uh, the founder of the um, Durham, and that's in Canada, correct, Quentin? Yep. Okay. Yep. The ca a Canadian version or a Canadian branch of the Real Estate Investor Association and what he said earlier, I think, is interesting that it started with like four people. And so wherever you're at, whether you haven't done anything or you're in real estate, there are people around that if you offer something, you know, get, you know, get people together, it makes your journey a little easier because to have, have a support group that's helping you. Um, sometimes the folks that are closest to us um, are the biggest hindrances we have, unfortunately. Now, in my family, that's not the case, you know, so bought my first house at 17 with the help of uh, Larry sitting here today, um, one of those leftovers from the 70s. Quentin, do you remember the um, houses that were no bank qualifying, no credit checks? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So Good I got bet. my first house. I just took over the payments and then I rented it. I didn't even move in it. So I rented it and eventually I rented it to my fiance. Which, which was a mistake. It ruined the deal, actually. It became less profitable um, at that moment. <laughs> but it worked out in the end. Been married for 26 years, so I think it worked out. But at any rate, so these are the fun things. So we were talking about how you repositioned a property, refinanced it three times. And for folks that are listening, there's a difference in residential and commercial or multifamily. In residential, yep. your your value is based on comps or comparable sales around you. Um, and so your neighbors basically help set the value of your house. 
And so if you're flipping a house and you want to get top dollar, you, you would reposition the house, but you, you're kind of limited on what you can sell it for based on what the houses around you are selling for. Um, multifamily is similar. They're still comps, but the, the sale or what you, your potential is based on a cap rate. We're not going to go into the details, but it's basically based on the income of that property. And so what I heard you saying, um, Quentin, is that you reposition this property by increasing the income. Uh, you can do that two ways. You can, the cap rate, reducing expenses and increasing the income. And so you were, you had refinanced this property twice so far. Is that where we were at? Yep, that's right. So how did the third one come about and how long was this transition from the first, when you first bought it to your, um, you know, when you refinanced and pulling, pulling this money out? Um, well, so there's a couple of different things I had, uh, implemented, uh, uh like, a uh, sub metering of water so that the, the water, uh, charges were actually used to be coming out of uh, my net operating income, but it ended up, uh, I was able to transition that and have the tenant, uh, pay that. And so again, it lowered my, um, my expenses increased my net operating income and therefore increased the value. And that can be a huge, uh, huge bill because if there's a leak yep. or something in the property, um, you know, you, sometimes we don't know it cause I have a property that's, you know, I pay the water bill on. It's a very similar. And, um, I've, I wanted to sub meter it, but the, it's nine units. So usually you have to have a minimum. We could still do it. We're, we're working through that process, but when there's a leak, it can be pretty, I mean, it hits you pretty hard, uh, not only a leak, but it hurts your, your, your income because it's an added expense. And what we've noticed, and I'm sure you've noticed this, it's actually better for, for the community in a, in a sense, because people actually use less water amazingly when they're paying the bill. Yeah. It's interesting Absolutely. how that works, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. It makes, it does make a huge difference. And we do things like, you know, change the uh, lighting from uh, uh, to like L LED lights. So it's, uh, it uh, reduces our uh, common area expenses. Um, you know, wherever we can sub meter out uh, hydro or like electricity, we'll, we'll do that. Um, so all of those things help to uh, allow us to be able to reduce our expenses and therefore increase our net operating income and therefore increase the value of the building. So um, what I learned was, is that by doing this again and again, I could scale it into a business and, and be more of an asset manager, have a property manager who handles the day-to-day -day stuff. And so what, what I was able to do is move from six units to 11 units to 12 units to 20 units. Now we're buying 40 unit uh, buildings. And this last one, which is uh, the, my biggest acquisition to date is a, a 94 unit building. And, um, you know, it just continuing to scale and grow, but using the same systems we built in the six unit uh, and being able to take that up to the larger units uh, and have a, a other team members handle a lot of the day-to-day -day stuff. That's I hope folks are listening out there, it. Quentin, because um, anytime, even if you have one single family house, if folks out there listening have one house, you have to treat it like a business. Um, if you treat it like a hobby or, you know, uh, the people can't pay, I'm going to keep letting them not pay or pay half their rent. It, it's not just bad for uh, your cash flow, 
but it hurts you in the long run because it's going to make it harder to sell that property. Um, and the cash flow on it, obviously that's not good if you're just like losing money every, every month or so. So this, these are good techniques. And real quick, before we go, while we have the time, share with folks your, the books that you've written and how to get in touch with you if they want to, to buy one of your books or, or connect with you online. Uh, the best way is to get on to Amazon. You can, you, and on Amazon, I've got all my books, the property management toolbox, the filling vacancies toolbox. I've got um, the ultimate wealth strategy where I share about the Burr method, um, the action taker real estate investing planner. That's all available on the, um, um, on Amazon. You can go to action taker, real estate planner.com and get the first chapter of that book if you want it, or, um, get real wealthy is the podcast and then you can uh, reach me online on instagram at qman rei or twitter is uh, qman rei is uh is my handle there that's the the best way for people to reach out to me yeah reach out and we'll me. put this on our on our website when we upload the podcast as well and so there's a lot of good things you can learn and folks like quentin who've been there done that are going to help you get to where you want to get a lot quicker. Quentin, did you have mentors and people in your life that helped you get where you're, you're at quicker than you would have been if you just tried to do it all by yourself? Absolutely. I still have mentors today. Actually, the mentors that I have today are like, you know, where I consider ahead of me, right? So like I, I, some of the guys that I hang out with have uh, $300 million in assets, uh, they are in like industrial, they are in like one guy just picked up a thousand units in the last quarter. Like, uh, and it sounds so I easy. Like, he just picked up a thousand yeah. units, you know, yeah. well, they were laying on the street. Chad. Yeah. They were laying out where he picked them up. That's awesome. Man. I know. That's what, that's what, I, but like, that's the thing. He inspires me, right? Like, of course, you know, he, he actually worked with like a, a, a family office to be able to, to do the acquisition. But like, you know, that's thinking differently than what I have thought before. And uh, so I've, I've always had people that I look up to that, that are just uh, ahead of me. And I do whatever I can to, to help them to, to do what they need to do. Um, and that way I, I can learn from them and uh, be a part of their life in a, in, in a little way. And that, that really helps me to, to scale up and, and think bigger too. But I've always had people that, that, uh, you know, when I first started out, it was people who were in my area who were um, uh, doing the same strategy as me, like buying properties that needed work, fixing them up, and then um, holding on to them and renting them out. I actually co-wrote a book with two of those guys because we started out together and we were doing the same thing. And that was uh, one of the books that we, and, and they're my friends today still. Actually, one of them were, were, were buying apartment buildings together. Oh, that's awesome. Right? So, and yeah, so what so you're it, describing is, you know, having mentors is education. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not a um, way people may think of education, but education is not just sitting in a classroom listening to a professor or someone teach you something it's having mentors in your life people that you learn from and to to do that it requires you to actually have enough humility and that's a great part of education a humility about listening to people and you know taking what they say and say you know what i could do that 
better or I could follow their lead and not just think you know everything because nobody has, knows everything about everything. There's always people we can learn from. Absolutely, yeah. I, I try to learn from everybody that I interact with, even if they, you know, even if they're just getting started. There's there might be something about what they're they're doing that, um, you know, I can le- learn from, or it could be a different part of their life that they have some expertise in. I'm I'm a I'm a student of life. Like I I feel like I'm I'm always growing and learning, and I think the day that I I stop learning is the day that I probably will stop investing in real estate. That's right. And so (laughs) we have about a minute and a half, but on the other side of the break, I want to give you a second to think about this, but what is success to you? Um, So if, when we come back, tell folks, what, what does that mean to you? What is success? Because success is an interesting thing. People want success, but what is it? Is it money? Is it freedom? Is it stuff? What is it? You know, and so I, I guess it's different for everybody, but kind of maybe talk about when we come back what it is for you and maybe how it's changed. Because what I've learned from being an entrepreneur and working um, in a job, basically, is that it does change from time to time. What I thought it was has changed what I now think it is. And part of, part of that is having a family and people that you want to spend your invest your life into, those kind of things. But when we come back, we'll talk about that. Remember, folks, when... Um, if you want more information or want to listen back to the show, you can go to palmettorealestatepros.com. We have a link on our program now where you can get more, ask for more information. And we also have a link to our upcoming seminar, um, wholesaling. It's called Recipes for Wholesaling. This is kind of an entry-level real estate 101 class, but it's how we got started. And so whether you want to be a huge apartment um, syndicator or you want to buy single-family homes, flip them, be a landlord, whatever it is, it's a good place to start. And so we we wholesale now, today. Oh, even yeah, we've never stopped. Even though we still buy and sell, we buy and hold, we're looking at apartments. We looked at one, a 48-unit, um, this week. And so we're still doing all those things. But having more tools in your toolkit is going to be helpful. So... Hang on. Um, After the break, we're going to talk about what success is, and it's a good thing to think about, right? Right. So hang on. PalmettoRealEstatePros.com. We'll be back in a few minutes. All right, we're back. It's the Palmetto Real Estate Pros with Chad and Larry. I'm over here in the corner minding my own business today, but uh, we've got an interesting conversation going here with Quentin up in Canada, and the same things that work for him in Canada will work right here in South Carolina, Florida, Nevada, wherever you're at. Well, I heard uh, someone say one time, the, the techniques we teach work everywhere except where you live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right. So people say it doesn't work uh, here. Well, you're probably right. It doesn't. I wonder, <laughs> what, the, I wonder what the reason is. <laughs> right. Um, operator error. Yeah. Right. So, Quentin, we left you with a question, right? We, we kind of yep. got a little philosophical here, but I think mindset yeah. is more important. So maybe not more important. Education is key. We talked about that. Education, um, the more education you have, the less risky things become. We talked about that. So that's key. Mm-hmm. But the mindset that you have and what you want to accomplish is huge 
um, if you just want to make $3,000 and that's all you want, then um, you may reach that goal pretty quickly. So we left you with the question, what is success and has it changed over the time that you've been a real estate entrepreneur? Yeah, absolutely. One one of the things that I do is I, I do an activity where I'm writing a letter to myself as if it was 10 years in the future. And um, that's how I do a lot of my goal setting is like I'm, 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 I'm aiming for that goal. And one of the, one of the things that, that, that I really focus on is uh, time freedom, location freedom, financial freedom, and thought freedom. So those are the four freedoms that I, I, I focus on. And um, they, they mean different things to me, but like when you look at success, um, I, I really want my kids to follow in the, you know, in, in that financial freedom footsteps. They don't have to do what I did, but you know, writing the books was a, a way for me to leave an artifact in the world that I was able to that that I can pass on to my kids. And if they are, and I'm not around anymore, they could pick those up and they could hear my voice, and it can kind of help them to achieve what what they want to achieve. Um, so those are the things, um, that I think, uh, helped me to be successful. When I left my, my job in 2014, I could have stopped. Actually, my wife asks me every once in a while, you know, how much is enough, right? Cause it's not that I have to continue to do this, but I tell her it's like, you know, a calling in your life, right? Like, this is what I really enjoy doing. I, I, I'm a deal architect. This is, you know, this is part of who I am. And, um, it's not about the money anymore. It's about uh, doing something I enjoy, affecting the lives of all my investors. They're they're all doing well because of the the projects that I'm in. I have employees. They are they have a job because I have a business. I have subcontractors that are all employed because of me and because of the business that I, I've done. So I affect so many different lives, and for me, that's that's success. That's that's like making an impact in the world in a positive way. And, um, and, and not just like, it, it's not just, it's not just a job, right? Like it's a, it's a, it's a calling. It's, this is great because true success. If someone is truly successful, it affects more than just you. And I think it's a narrow view to think success is just about me. Um, it is about you as an individual, and we need to think about how we can be successful. But the more successful each of us are, the more we um, thrive in our God-given abilities and talents and gifts, the more it spreads to other people. And so what you said is, uh, is a great way of thinking about that. And I had not thought about that. So you taught me something today. This is good because the more successful I am, the more people around me that we can share that success with. And, and that should be a blessing to everyone around us. Um, so that's a good word. Thank you. <laughs> so, no, yeah, yeah, no problem. Yeah, this is good. So, um, and passing these things on, not just uh, accumulating stuff to pass on. You're, we want to pass on um, the, the ability, the, the, the gifts to be able to do the thing, not just to get the thing. And sometimes yeah. in culture, we kind of have this idea that we just want stuff or, you know, we're, we're uh, advertising, we're bombarded with just the idea that we need stuff. And uh, I know with yeah. the younger generation, it's we need to look like other people. We need to act like other people, you know, all the social media. But success yeah. is is an individual thing that that should affect 
um, all the other folks that are that we touch in our lives. This is, that's, that's really good. Uh, you also, that's, that's Quentin, awesome. you said something a moment ago that kind of tickled my ear too. This is Lenny. Uh, you talked about architect. I was an engineer. Well, I guess I'm still an engineer, but going to job sites, working all over the country, uh, building buildings. And uh, I never will forget when uh, we were in a meeting one time having a difficult time, and I came up with a solution, and the guy told me I was not a civil engineer, that I was a solutions engineer. And I picked up on that term that that's what we are in real estate. We're, we come up and we have solutions to problems many times, buying a building, buying a house, helping people transition to another place, you become their solution. And that's a good thing to come up with solutions that help people. Absolutely. Yeah, we're, we, we solve problems and we solve problems every day. And, you know, it, it doesn't like, it doesn't have to be about the money. Like I, I drive a truck. I love my truck. But I mean, I just drive a truck. I don't drive anything special. Like you ran into me in the store, you wouldn't know anything about, you know, the what I have behind me. But like, um, you know, I'm just a regular, regular person. But um, you know what? Like, I just enjoy solving problems. And and you know, it's one of those things that if you can solve somebody else's problem, you're creating value in the world. Absolutely. Right? So. And investors, we've talked about this on the show, but investors actually, you know, a lot of folks see investors as, you know, the vultures coming in, taking deals, you know, and, um, you know, just wanting to profit off of people's misery. Now, I'm sure there are those folks out there that do that. And, you know, we do solve people's Mm -hmm. problems. And a lot of times it is on someone else's problem that we solve something. But in in a lot of ways, the investor is the solution to many of the challenges communities face. Um, So we've bought properties in certain neighborhoods, for instance, when we first started, we bought like six properties in a neighborhood that was not good. And we actually began to change the neighborhood. People started to care again. We saw people start cutting their grass and it actually affected the entire community. And so it rose, helped raise the values. People started to care more. They saw things happening and so the same thing happens whether single family or multifamily. One of the properties we're looking at now, a 48-unit, um, it's had a lot of drama. I'll just call it that, right, at the building, a lot of drama. Yeah. And I actually called the police department when we went to look at the property before we went out there. I said, hey, what can you tell me about this building? And they made me send a FOIA request, but they sent me their information. <laughs> it was quite a lot of information. But they were happy that someone else would come in and solve that problem. And so that's what we offer. You know, we can do that if we treat our business like not just as I see a dollar sign, although we have to make it work monetarily, but we can solve community problems. This is a great thing. Oh, how many neighbors have come to you when you've been fixing up a house and, and say, uh, thank you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> thank you almost for doing all, it. Almost all the time. The neighbors want to pitch in and help. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. We, we've had people actually come and help for free that says, you know, hey, that, thank you so much. This house has been sitting here for years. No one would touch it. And so we come across these things. So, But success, this is success. This is what success yeah. is. And so this is a good thing because we help the community um, thrive and not just go, um, you know, continue to disintegrate, if you will. And so these are the things that we can do as investors 
Um, and so we're we're actually brokers as well. So we buy and we help people sell houses. We list houses. So all that being the case, I mean, so there are times where someone's not really ready to sell. They're like, you know, your number's a little low. I don't like that. So we may help them sell their house, but we're still offering valuable information that can help that house get top dollar. And so if they just say, hey, just I'm ready to sell it, maybe we can buy it. If they need to get top dollar, then we can help them. Hey, you need to do these couple things, and then we're in a better place. Uh, you know, we're experts in the field. That's why we're called the real estate or the Palmetto Real Estate Pros. Uh, we are Palmetto Real Estate Group. And, Quentin, I'm sure in your area, what happens after you do it for a while, success does leave clues, doesn't it? Yeah, certainly does. Yeah. So do you have people call you, organizations maybe that call you, banks that call yeah. you, say, hey, can you help me? <laughs> yes, I, absolutely. I, I, I had a credit union recently that took me for lunch and, and wanted to pick my brain on different strategies to appeal to uh, real estate investors in the area, right? Um, how can we appeal to them in order to drive up our our business? And, and I, get, I, I could... Like off the top of my head, I could give them, uh, you know, half a dozen ideas on, on doing it because I've been doing it so long. It's on the, like, I, I've already felt some of the pains that, that all of those investors have felt over time and I can and give that advice. But yeah, for sure. People reach out to me all the time. That's why I, I have that group too, because it, it saves me a lot of, uh, instead of individually answering people, I can answer everybody as a group and it makes it a lot easier for me and, and time-wise to be able to help people. That's good. So I, I hope folks are listening out there and Quentin, I can't believe it, but our time is basically over. So we only oh. have a couple of seconds left amazingly. So we need to have this conversation again and touch base again one day. Folks, if you're listening, we will post this on our site, Palmetto Real Estate Pros. Thank you, Quentin, for joining us, and we will post your information online. Folks, join us next week. We'll have another great discussion, how to be successful in real estate. And Don will be here with you next week, Chad, talking about the upcoming workshop for wholesale. We will see you guys next week. Have a good weekend. Yes, sir.